Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. Happy lunchtime. Happy almost weekend. Happy Friday 15. I am Steph Lee. I'm the founder of Host Agency Reviews. And if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. The Friday 15 is where every Friday at 12 p.m. Central Time, we go ahead and answer your industry questions. So if you have any questions you'd like to um, have us answer, you can go ahead and go to hostagencyreviews.com slash Friday 15. Um, no co-host for us today, unfortunately, but before we jump in, I did want to say a huge thank you to our girl April here over at Host Agency Reviews that went ahead and did the Friday 15 last week for me when I was out sick. So thank you, April. She's quite a trooper. Uh, let's see. While we're getting our first question pulled up, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel or to the podcast if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform. Um, and that way you'll never miss another episode. Let's see. Question one today comes in from Anonymous. All right. So they are asking, I've made some good progress on building the website and listing accommodations and activity options. Is there any issues with listing potential activities or accommodations options on my website? Or do I need permission from the suppliers first? Obviously, I'm hopeful to build a relationship with these vendors over time, but I was wondering if there are any legal issues with promoting their activities before asking them. Uh, so this is actually a very easy one, Anonymous, so thank you. Um, no legal issues. In fact, the suppliers will be very thrilled that you are promoting their accommodations or their activities without them having to do anything. Now, there's a couple things in your question when I'm looking it over that have me believing that you're a newer travel advisor. So I want to drop you um, another resource. So um, because you're new at, you know, you're saying you're just building the website and you don't have a strong relationship yet, but you're hoping to build them with these vendors. Um, I want to pull up our article. So I'm going to share my screen here. And all I'm doing is going to hostagencyreviews.com and our handy um search box in the upper right hand corner and i'll just go ahead and um type in researching oops hold on let me refresh this um if you type in researching up on the top the first one that pulls up is um our guide to researching and qualifying suppliers so anonymous this is essentially kind of a guide on how to vet suppliers because whoever you're posting on your website you really want to make sure that you're client is going to have a really good experience because if you're promoting them and they have a bad experience, that's obviously going to be good for nobody. So check out this research and qualifying suppliers guide. I'll go ahead and post a link in the comments um, for you as well as in the description, but that should be really helpful um, for you or any other new advisor as they're kind of picking out suppliers because there are a million suppliers or hotels um, and resorts, let's say, in if someone wants to go to Mexico or the Caribbean or um, and you as the travel advisor don't want to be promoting this if your main audience is, let's say, families, young families, you don't want to be promoting a hotel that has spring breakers that come during spring break. So things like that um, to make sure that it's a good fit for you so that number one, your clients can have a fabulous experience. And number two, you're also maximizing your commissions. Um, so you're getting the most amount of money possible for each booking. All right, that was fun. Now let's, before we jump into number two, I have a couple announcements to make about the Friday 15. So next week we are going to be off because it is in here in the United States, 
It is July 4th, which is a big holiday where we all get to set off fireworks. Um, and in Minnesota, we go to the lakes and hang out and it's really fun. So we are going to be off next Friday, but the following Friday, which is July 8th, we're actually doing a little switcheroo for you. So we won't be doing the Friday 15 on the 8th. We're actually going to be doing something else the day before on July 7th, Thursday. So ASTA, which is the American Society of Travel Advisors, um, is having their election for their board of directors coming up, which I know sounds boring already, but trust me, we can make it fun. Um, but this is really important. This is like, you know, your elected representatives within ASTA that are going to be bringing your concerns and the things that you want to push forward as priorities. So it's very important that you're knowing who the candidates are and choosing someone that's going to best represent your interests. So um, Thursday, July 7th at 12 p.m. Central Time, we'll be interviewing all of the candidates during what we call our candidate chat. And I'm going to put a link into last year's candidate chat in case anyone wants to get a feel for what it's like. But essentially what happens is in the very beginning, um, I talk with the board, um, the president of the board, and then ask them kind of how the board works, because to me, it's a bit of a mystery, honestly, but break that down. And then we talk about why it's so important, what they're looking to do this year at ASTA and what their priorities are. And then we'll hear from each of the individual candidates. Um, I'll be asking all of them the exact same questions. They all have the exact same amount of time. Um, and it's a great place to tune in and, and get a little bit more information about those candidates. So mark your calendars for that. Um, and again, it's Thursday, July 7th at 12 p.m. Central Time. And if you subscribe to our YouTube channel or your podcast um, or to the podcast, you'll be able to get it just in your, you know, on your phone and you won't have to worry about remembering it. So question two comes in from Kristen. Kristen is asking, hi, I started my own travel agency and I'm looking to partner with a newer host agency in order to make use of their affiliation with Virtuoso. My agency is an LLC and I have a co-owner how do commissions work for our business under a host agency? All right, Christian, great question here. There's a couple things I want to clarify before I go into uh, how commissions work in your situation. So you're talking about affiliating with Virtuoso. And for those that don't know, uh, Virtuoso is a consortium. And there's a handful of consortiums in the travel industry. And I'll put a link to what a consortia is so everybody uh, can read that if they're not clear. And Virtuoso is one of them. No matter which one you align with, the commissions are going to work the same. Um, so, so don't worry about if you're aligned with Virtuoso versus Travel Leaders Network or anything along those lines. Um, other things that are mentioned in here is that it's an LLC or agency. Again, it's not going to matter how you deal with the commissions, um, no matter what your business structure is. And having a co-owner is also whether you're a sole owner of your business or a co-owner, the commissions are going to work the same in this host agency model. All right, so first thing is, let's start with um, a resource for people if they wanna learn a little bit more. So again, going up in the upper right-hand corner search box and we'll just type in commissions. And the first article that pulls up is explaining travel agent commissions. And you can see we've got this really nice infographic here that kind of breaks it down because every sector within the industry has kind of commission tiers that are a little bit different. Hotels typically pay like a flat 10% versus if you're talking about a river cruise, um, they're going to pay more commission. Um, their tiered commission is going to be much higher for you. 
Um, but we will put the link in the and in the comments for you if you want to take a closer look. But here's the big picture for you, Kristen. All right. So you belong to a host agency. And what that essentially means, like the, the key thing that I think makes you hosted is that you're using someone else's accreditation number. And the accreditation number is key because that's what suppliers look at. That's why when you call in or when you, you know, are logging in and creating a, a new login for a supplier, they need your accreditation number. Um, that number is what suppliers use. So when you call in and you make a booking, you give your um, accreditation number, they tack that onto the booking. And after the person travels, then they'll go ahead and say, all right, this $100 commission that was earned on this booking, we're going to send this to the accreditation number to the agency on file for that. And that's going to be your host agency. So the supplier is always doing the interactions with money between themselves and your host agency, and you're not involved at this point. So they send it over to the host agency and the host agency within their system. So they're going to take it. They're going to pull up Kristen's profile and Kristen's profile, because you've invoiced ahead of time and you've said, hey, listen, I've made this booking for $100 um, and I made it with this vendor on this date for these passengers. They'll match it up when it comes in. And on your profile, they'll also have something that'll be tagged to you that'll say, Kristen is signed up for the 80-20 plan or the 90-10 plan, meaning you get 80% commission and the host agency keeps 20. So in their accounting system, they have that set up. So they know they're going to only send you $80. Um, and depending on which host agency you end up with, some of them have a really uh, big infrastructure when it comes to accounting. So you could log into a portal and see in real time what commissions um have not come in, which ones have come in, which ones are going to be paid during this pay period. And again, across host agency, it's going to vary on how often they pay commissions. So on, um, if I go to our site, on each host agency's profile, what's really nice is there's a lot of information on um, their programs. So you'll be able to see, uh, I'm just scrolling down here, and the pricing and commission sections. Um, on each host profile tells you exactly how often their commission payments are play, paid. So a lot of hosts will pay monthly, some pay um, every two weeks, and there are a few that even pay weekly. Um, and then it'll also tell you the method of payment because some still pay via check. Some offer a host of different options. You can do direct deposit um, or you could do check. So that's a lot of great information um, that you'll be able to see on our website. Oh, look, there's April and Keith. That's very cute. Um, Let's see. So that, that's the, um, I think, the big picture that you're working with there, Kristen. Um, so hope helps you out and best of luck on your new adventure. We're excited to have you in the travel industry. All right. Last question here is from Christopher. Christopher is asking, is it bad taste or etiquette for a blog or email subscription on your website to have a few affiliate links to make a little extra? by suggesting things such as what to wear, items to carry on a trip, or other travel necessities, et cetera. Thank you for any comments or suggestions on the industry standards with affiliate marketing. So Christopher, um, there, there aren't really any industry standards. So as far as like what travel agencies typically would do with this, but I will tell you there are standards. The FTC or the Federal Trade Commission does have um, rules on affiliate disclosures. And for those that aren't familiar with like the affiliate relationship. It's essentially you partner with a company and you say, um, 
you know, you put a link on your site that if someone clicks it, uh, it'll put a cookie on their computer that they came over from host agency reviews. And then if the person actually makes a sale on that, then the company that you're working with will send back, you know, whatever, $10 or a certain percentage back to you. Um, now, so for the FTC, Christopher, I wouldn't say it's necessarily bad etiquette or taste to have um, affiliate links either on your blog or in your newsletter. I would say the golden rule is here that they need to be applicable. Like, you know, don't really pull things that are a really hard sell that no one's going to buy. Um, if it's something that's actually very helpful, I would, you know, not hesitate to put that in there. Uh, the one thing I would say, at least in my experience with affiliate marketing, because we do um, have some partnerships here at HAR, is if it's not the right partnership, if it isn't really attractive to your audience, you're going to know because you're not going to make very much money. You know, um, so, that, so that's one thing to keep in mind. Don't expect that you're likely going to be making thousands and thousands of dollars. Although it's definitely possible if you find the right product that really fits with your audience. Um, but in terms of putting that on there, a couple of things I want you to be aware of. So the FTC um, with their affiliate disclosures is that you need to be letting people know that this is an affiliate link because, you you know, it, it makes it so that you might have a vested interest in it and you need to disclose that. Uh, you also need to, you can't hide it in your footer or somewhere that's not related to this article or the email. It needs to be in that section. And not only does it need to be in that section, it needs to be before the link. So for instance, let me um, show you on our site. Uh, what's an article that we have? A, um, I think our business plan article has one. All right. So on the top of our business plan article, you can see right away at the very top, we have a disclosure that says it can, you know, it contains an affiliate link. It's not going to cost you anything, but we may get a small amount of money. Um, and then we link to our formal affiliate disclosure. So there's a lot of ways to do it, but don't put it at the bottom of the blog after someone has already clicked on your link because that's not really um, disclosing it ahead of time. And I, there's another great um, example when I was just looking this up before uh, this Friday 15 to make sure that uh, the rules hadn't changed. I found a really good website that goes over, um, it gives some examples of how to phrase your affiliate disclosure and gives the rules of the FTC. So I'll link to that um, in the comments and in the description as well. So I think that about wraps that up for this week. Just a reminder, Next week, we are off for July 4th, and then July 7th um, is a Thursday, and that's when we'll be, instead of the Friday 15, we'll be doing the Asta's candidate chat. So be on the lookout for that. It was a wonderful time. Thank you for spending it with me this last 15 minutes. Um, have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you, well, it won't be for a while, but on, on July 7th. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great weekend.